At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. This is The Look Ahead with Scott Seidenberg on VSIN, the sports betting network. Coming to you from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, I'm Scott Seidenberg. This is The Look Ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network as Super Week rolls on. And we count down the days and pretty soon the hours until kickoff of Super Bowl 56 in Los Angeles between the Rams and the Bengals. We will continue to break down the game, the props, every which way to bet this game, but we will also not ignore everything else that is going on in the sports world. Coming into this Wednesday night, the NBA favorites were on a historic run. We documented it on last night's program Starting on Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, NBA favorites dominated to the tune of 23, 3, and 1 against the spread. Think about that for a second. 23, excuse me, 25, 3, and 1. 27 and 2 straight up with the only straight up losses by the Phoenix Suns, who were a one and a half point underdog uh, last night, and the Mavericks, who are a one and a half point underdog on Sunday to the Hawks. Every other favorite had dominated and won leading into Wednesday. So, how would Wednesday begin? Well, it improved to 26. Three and one with the Cavs winning and covering over the Spurs. Make it 27 with the Bulls winning and covering against the Hornets. Make it 28 with the Raptors covering and winning over the Thunder. Make it 29 with the Jazz winning and covering over the Warriors. And then the Nightcaps. Two underdogs, the Blazers at home against the Lakers. And the Kings at home against the Timberwolves, both winning outright. The Blazers were about a nine-and-a-half-point dog against the Lakers. They win 107-105. And the Kings at home were seven-and-a-half-point dogs to the Timberwolves. Uh, it, it was a rematch of a game that we just saw last night where the Timberwolves rolled over the Kings. Uh, this one, though, would go to the Kings. DeMontis Sabonis made his Sacramento debut Uh, He scored 22 points with 14 rebounds, so he absolutely had an impact on this game, and so the Kings win. So, NBA favorites going 4, 
and two here on Wednesday night. So that means that since Saturday, 31 and four straight up, 29, five and one ATS over the last five days. These are still incredible numbers. This is still a wave that we should continue to ride. But you got to be selective. I don't think you can blindly just take the favorites. I think you got to be selective when it comes to the favorites. For instance, I told you last night the Cavs were my favorite bet. They were minus six against the Spurs. You were going to get the debut of Karis LeVert for Cleveland. And Cleveland is the best team in the NBA against the spread. When you combine all of that with the ridiculous trend that the favorites had been on, it was a no-brainer. That was the favorite to bet. And they win 105-92. Never really even a sweat. They took a big lead into the half and then just held on in the second half. So now let's take a look at Thursday. What is on the schedule and where can we be selective but still aggressive when it comes to these favorites. Well, first off, you got the Wizards hosting the Nets. The Nets are a disaster. They've lost nine straight games. James Harden possibly being traded? I don't know. I don't think anybody knows what's going on with this team. Them being on the road does mean Kyrie Irving will play. Is this when they snap the losing streak? They almost have to. But tomorrow is the trade deadline. So there's a situation. You got to be careful here. If Harden's gone, this line's going to move. Right now, the Wizards are minus one and a half. So let's be cautious with this one. One that I don't think we need to be cautious at all. The Memphis Grizzlies, nine and a half point favorites against the Pistons. The Pistons are one of the worst teams in the NBA. And if you're the Grizzlies, the way that you've been playing, everyone knows how high I am on them. This is a team with championship aspirations as they are 38-18 and on the season. You don't lose this game to the Pistons. I think they cover. We've seen, you know, the spreads not matter when it comes to these good teams against bad teams. Detroit is the worst team in the NBA at 12 and 42, being outscored by almost 10 points per game. I would go with the Grizzlies as the favorite in that matchup. You have the Heat at the Pelicans, and there's no line. Oh, yeah, Heat are minus four. I love this Heat team. I am going to hopefully, hopefully. If Matt LaFleur wins Coach of the Year tomorrow and I get to cash my future ticket on Matt LaFleur plus 1000 to win Coach of the Year, I'm going to take that and then just I'm going to bet the Heat to win the Eastern Conference at plus 500. So I'm very high on this Heat team. You have the Raptors at the Rockets, Toronto laying 6.5. Mavericks hosting the Clippers. Mavericks are six-point favorites. You have an NBA Finals rematch. Suns hosting the Bucks. Phoenix, three and a half point favorites. 
that game is just a stay away and enjoy it. Because part I, I kind of want to bet the Bucks as a three and a half point dog because of how good they've been, they've looked lately. But this is a at home. Don't you think this is a um, big spot here for the Phoenix Suns? The first time that they're playing Milwaukee since last year's NBA Finals. I gotta gotta imagine they come out here motivated to pick up this dub. So Phoenix minus three and a half might be the way to go, or Phoenix money line, if you will. And then the Knicks will visit the Warriors. The Knicks are. They can't get out of their own way. They've lost four straight games. Warriors, it's just a matter of who's playing. Warriors got blown out here on Wednesday night without Clay Thompson, without Andrea Godala. Um, obviously, Draymond Green is still out. Starting lineup was Otto Porter, Andrew Wiggins, uh, Kevon Looney, and Jordan Poole to go along with Steph Curry. Um, I would assume... Iguodala, depending on his back, plays against the Knicks, and Klay Thompson will play. And then that line will be, uh, right now, Warriors are minus nine. And I would back the Warriors to not lose too straight, especially if those guys do play. If they don't, it's a different story. So that's what's going on in the NBA. That's what went down here on Wednesday and what will continue to go down on Thursday. So the favorites that I would like is the Grizzlies. I'd like the Heat. The Raptors and the Warriors. And I don't think, I think the only underdogs that I can see winning are the Nets as an underdog. And I could see uh, maybe even the, no, man, the Mavericks are better than the Clippers, but I might just stay away from that one. And, and the Bucs, obviously. The Bucs as an underdog could easily beat the Phoenix Suns. But those heavy favorites, we're talking about, and not even that heavy because Heat are four point favorites, but Miami, Memphis, the Warriors and the Raptors. You you fourteen money line that thing. It's over plus two hundred. You have yourself a, a nice night and you uh, just enjoy the the wave that is NBA favorites <laughs> over the past five days in the NHL. Here on uh, Wednesday, we had underdogs continuing. Their success since the resumption of the season after the All-Star break. Underdogs 4-2 and two with upsets by the Coyotes, who beat the Kraken. They were plus 186. And the Blackhawks, who were plus 154, a 4-1 win over the Oilers. The Stars, um, they beat the Predators. And the Red Wings beat the Flyers. Overs went 4-1-1. One, and one with a push in the Flames' 6 nothing win over the Golden Knights. Uh, one of my favorite bets of the night was the over 5 in the Islanders game against the Canucks. And it's funny, I texted my buddy who's an Islanders fan, and I said, hey, man, you know, Yaroslav Halak is in net for the Canucks, going, you know, former t- former Islander. You, you got to imagine that uh, that, 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 He's going to be motivated against his former team. Maybe the Isles are going to be motivated to score on him. I kind of like the over. And he goes, I don't know, man. I don't trust the Islanders. I just, I don't think they're going to score. And and, and if Halak is bad, they'll put in Demko. And uh, I, don't, I don't know. 
Well, that's exactly what happened because the Islanders scored five goals in the first period. And yes, Demko had to come into the game, <laughs> but the Islanders win six to three over Vancouver. The over hit in the first period. That is what we call a no sweat cash. I'm Scott Sadenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. The prop bets that I have already bet for Super Bowl 56 coming up next. This is The Look Ahead right here on v It's the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finding the right news podcast can feel like dating. It seems promising until you start listening. When you hit play on Post Reports, you'll get fascinating conversations and sometimes a little fun, too. I'm Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Azadi. Martine and I are the hosts of Post Reports. The show comes out every weekday from The Washington Post. You can follow and listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. It'll be a match, I promise. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of The Look Ahead is brought to you by Zin Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smiling like an ashtray, no more spit cups, and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zin Nicotine Pouches are smoke free, spit free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head on over to zinn.com find to locate a store near you. That's zyn.com find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Scott Seidenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter at Scott's on Air, S C O T T S O N A I R. Coming up about 15 minutes or so from now, our very own Adam Burke uh, will join, uh, join me as we talk about the prop bets and the game here coming up on Sunday. And I, I've already locked in some props, uh, got my portfolio here. And here is what I am locked into as of now, okay? Joe Burrow over 11.5 rushing yards. The reason why I love this is because of the do-or-die nature that presents itself in this game, obviously, right? You either win or the game or your season's over. Also, the Rams' defensive front is their strength compared to the Bengals' 
offensive line. It's the biggest mismatch that exists in this game. And so while other people could be jumping on the sacks, I don't necessarily believe that we're going to get this at, you know, an enormous amount of sacks. He's not going to get sacked nine times like he did against the Titans. And if he does, there's no way the Bengals win this game. What what I think is going to have to happen is Burrow's going to get the ball out of his hands quickly. And because of Aaron Donald's ability to rush up the middle, I think Burrow's going to have opportunities to escape the pocket. And I think he takes off and runs two or three times. And I think he gets over his 11 and a half yards. And I do think that we have a situation also where at the end of the game, if uh, they are trailing, which in my estimation, they will be trailing. I think that there'll be a situation at the end, Bengals passing, trying to come back, trying to score late, and Burrow having the opportunity to take what the defense gives him, take off and run for a first down, get a couple of yards, get out of bounds, stop the clock. So he's going to get over, in my opinion, his 11 and a half rushing yards. Uh, the other prop that I'm on, Odell Beckham Jr. over 63 and a half receiving yards. To me, I think this is uh, a gift. I think Odell could get close to 100. The Rams still haven't figured out the best way to utilize OBJ. He is so good. <laughs> and he's, you know, last week was the best that you've seen him since he became a Ram. It was his first 100-yard game since joining the Rams, first 100-yard game in forever. But he, the way that defenses play against Cooper Cup and the way that Cooper Cup moves across the formation, it allows Odell Beckham Jr. to constantly see one-on-one coverage on the outside. And he is so good at those sideline routes And he is so good at those stop routes, the comeback routes, that he gets chunk yardage at a time. This is a wide receiver that averages over 12 yards per reception this season and playoffs. If you look at his yardage prop compared to his reception prop, which is five and a half, that is an average of about 11, a little bit over 11 yards per reception, right? Because 11 yards would be 55 yards. So it's just a little over 11 yards per reception. If Odell Beckham Jr. catches those five catches, or he goes just over his prop, uh, gets six receptions, as long as he has his average, which is 12.4 yards, 12.6 yards per reception, he's going over this total. OBJ will have at least 65 yards at a bare minimum in this game. So I like the over OBJ 63 and a half receiving yards. I am strongly considering the over on both or Joe Mixon and Samaje Pirine passing yards because I do believe that this is a a Bengals offense that will look to pass first. They will not try and 
establish the run early. I think they're going to utilize the pass to get their run game going. And because of the pass rush, because of the inefficiencies on that offensive line, there's going to be a lot of short passing in order to get the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands quickly. And those short passes will be to the running backs. Joe Mixon or Samaj P. Ryan designed passes that are essentially an extension of the run game. And so I do believe that both those players, you know, for Mixon, the number's gone up. For P. Ryan, it's low. I think P. Ryan could have, you know, 15, 20 receiving yards, and Mixon could get 25 to 30. And all it take, and, and then if somebody, if one of them breaks one, well, now you've just easily covered this number. Uh, for the novelty props, over two and a half players to attempt to pass. I love this. I think we're going to get it. Whether we see a Philly special type of play or Johnny Hecker faking a punt, throwing a pass, or just a designed wide receiver pass like we've seen the Rams do this year. Cooper Cup threw a pass. Uh, Odell Beckham Jr. in these playoffs threw a pass. Plus, the wording on here is very interesting. It's not will a player other than a quarterback. It's just over under two and a half players. You never want to root for injuries, ever. And knock on wood, no one gets hurt in this Super Bowl. We want the best on the best. But if there is a situation where one of the quarterbacks has to exit the game, maybe even for one play, like let's say Joe Burrow runs and his helmet comes off and he has to leave the field for one play and Brandon Allen comes in and he attempts a pass, you just won that prop. Now, I don't know if the backup quarterback, if any backup quarterback is going to come in, but what if, hey, what if one of these teams is winning big at the end of the game and they pull the starting quarterback out of the game on the final drive or whatever? And you get the backup to come in just to attempt a short little screen pass and put his name in the stat sheet saying that, hey, I played in the Super Bowl, right? Let's get, let's get my name in the stat sheet of the Super Bowl as we're celebrating our victory. It could happen. So over two and a half players attempting a pass, I'm on it. I'm also on no touchback on the opening kickoff, which apparently everybody else's This has been like the hottest topic of conversation on sports gambling shows this week is the bet on the opening kickoff not being a touchback. We all know the information, right? 26 of the last 28 Super Bowls, no touchback. We all know from Pat McAfee the different balls that are used for the kickoff that are kicked once and then taken out of the game and sent to the Hall of Fame. We all know about the players being hyped up as return men and wanting to grab that football and make a play in one of the very rare situations that they're actually going to touch the football. You know, for Chris Evans of the, uh, of the Bengals, once he, he might not see the football um, only on kick returns. So his opportunity to make a play, make his stamp on the game, he's going to take it out of the end zone. 
the fact that everybody has been talking about this prop bet, the no has gone from a plus money bet to now a minus 115 bet. It's amazing the movement in the odds of this bet because everyone has been talking about it and everyone has been betting the no touchback on the opening kickoff. I'm Scott Seidenberg. Hit me up on Twitter at ScottsOnAir, S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. Coming up next, we'll be joined by our very own sports betting analyst, Adam Burke, uh, as we talk about the prop bets, the novelty props, maybe some MVP wagers as well. We talk all things Super Bowl 56 coming up next with Adam Burke and myself, Scott Seidenberg, right here on The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is The Look Ahead on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. You know that VSIN is the best place to get all of the betting insights for the big game. And right now you can sign up and get your free big game betting guide. Did I say free? Yeah, free. This digital guide gives you trends, strategies, props to watch, and tips from our experts. Visit vcin.com slash Super Bowl to get your free guide and get ready for the biggest football betting action of the year. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's the look ahead here on VSIN. One of our experts is Adam Burke. You follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. You read him in the, all of our guides, Point Spread Weekly and VSIN.com. And Adam joins me here as we talk all things big game. And Adam, how many prop bets have you already locked in for Sunday's game? Yeah, I've only bet about five or six here so far, Scott. I'm still. You know, look, it's one of those things where I do a lot of content. So, you know, I only have so much time throughout the day for handicapping. And you know, I've played the ones I like the most, and I'm sure I'll have probably 10 to 12 or so by the time the game kicks off. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to have uh, a pretty diverse portfolio when it comes to all the prop bets. Um, one of them that a novelty prop that I'm on, and, and I've been asking every guest if they agree with me or if I'm just out of my mind, uh, will there be a successful two-point conversion? I just think that given the way that the NFL has changed over the years, I feel like we have two very smart head coaches. They're, it's not, they're not Brandon Staley, but two very smart head coaches that understand the game. And I think that we're going to get a two-point conversion in this game. What about you? Yeah, you know, I'm not sure. It's it's really a challenging thing to kind of pinpoint here because, you know, you need a lot of factors to sort of come together in order to have one. The Rams only had three two-point conversion attempts throughout the regular season. The Bengals had five, and they only made one of them. So, you know, the the thing that's challenging about it is that you also have to have the score that kind of fits, and, and that's certainly a possibility with a you know potential for a missed extra point or something like that. But I think because these two kickers are so reliable, you know, we won't have some kind of, odd score that forces us into a two-point conversion attempt. So I would say no for now, but obviously, you know, all these things are price dependent when you talk about the prop market. Yeah, it's plus money. And I actually think the kickers come into play. The reason why I like this so much is because I think we might have a a time in the game where it's 14 to 6 or it's, you know, 21 to 13. And because of the field goals, there's going to be an opportunity for one of these teams to go for the two to tie the game at some point. So that's, I'm actually 
putting my faith in the kickers, kicking multiple field goals to make sure that we have a score scoring situation that requires a two point conversion. If that makes sense. No, that's fair. I mean, look, you know, the, the biggest thing about prop bets is, is thinking about and visualizing how the game may end up going. And that's exactly what you're doing here with the fact that, you know, you do think that both of these coaches are confident enough in their kickers to go ahead and take the three when that opportunity is presented. And yeah, if you end up with a 14, six, 21, 13 game, something like that, you may run into a situation where a two point conversion is necessary. Also too, as you said, these are kind of guys that are a little bit more advanced. You know, if you've got that 14 point game where the analytics say to go for two, Maybe that's something that we do run into possibly in the second half here. Well, could you imagine? I'll just be very upset, though, Adam, if a two-point conversion attempt is is tried and failed, uh, you know, like the Titans did a couple of weeks ago uh, with the, when they got the penalty on the touchdown and allowed them to take the ball to the one-yard line. Uh, I've been on uh, Joe Burrow over his rushing prop. Uh, I think that because of the defensive line versus the offensive line situation that we have here, he could be under duress and have to take off. Plus, I do like the adjustment that he made from that Titans game to the Chiefs game where he utilized his athleticism a lot more. Yeah, you know, I wonder if that's something that, you know, he does here in a game like this because, look, you know, quarterbacks do have a tendency to run a little bit more in the playoffs. You know, it's not necessarily about preservation of the body. It's about doing whatever you can to win the game. And Joe Burrow is a guy that, Look, he's taken a beating throughout the season, as we know. He took a beating in that Tennessee game. But he's also a guy that, as you said, you know, he is mobile. He is a very cerebral guy who's going to know when he can take off and when he shouldn't, when he should get rid of the football and all of that. So, you know, in a game like this where tomorrow does not matter, so to speak, then, yeah, I certainly think it's a possibility that Burrow does end up running a little bit more, especially, as you said, because now you're in a situation where he probably ends up getting you know, that pressure in the middle where he gets Aaron Donald back there, where Von Miller maybe runs a stunt, tries to overwhelm the offensive line, something like that. Then, you know, Burrow may kind of flood the pocket and and take off a little bit. So, yeah, I certainly think that's definitely a possibility and one that's on my short list to consider. What about the uh, prop that it seems like the whole world is on right now, Adam? And that is the opening kickoff not to be a touchback. Will you be playing this one? Yeah, I mean, a lot of equity has kind of been taken out of this one, especially over the last few years as the books have kind of wisened up to this one and and a lot of sharp guys play this. Look, 26 of the last 28 opening kickoffs in the Super Bowl have not been a touchback. Mm -hmm. And that's because they use a different ball, right? The ball is harder. It's kicked once and then taken out of the game, preserved in Canton at the Pro Football Hall of Fame. So it's a ball that's not broken in. It's not really soft at all. You can't get into it as much. So the kickers have had a hard time actually getting that ball to the end zone. And if they do, maybe it's a yard or two deep and the returner wants to make a play to set the tone, something like that. So, yeah, I mean, there's there's not as much equity on this one as there used to be, but I certainly understand everybody being on it. And, and especially if you can still find uh, the opening kickoff, not a touchback at plus money. It went from, I think, plus 140 to minus 115 here at Circa over the past like day or so. So yeah, people, it's, yeah, it's people gonna be are the betting new, this thing. <laughs> it's going to be the new Army-Navy total yeah. where finally the books kind of make an adjustment to it. Absolutely. Uh, what other prop have you locked in already for the game? Well, my favorite one is, is still T. Higgins over five and a half receptions. Oh, I yeah. know everyone's looking at Jamar Chase, and, and Jamar Chase is also lined at five and a half, but you're paying heavy juice on the over for that one. T Higgins, a guy, you know, over five and a half plus one Oh five. I also saw Mina Kimes from ESPN, whose work I greatly respect 
talking about how the Rams are just not very good underneath and not very good between the numbers. So that's something that kind of elevates Higgins in my mind, also potentially elevates a Tyler Boyd, who's at four and a half with plus money on the over. But Higgins is my favorite one here over the five and a half. Look, he only had seven fewer catches than Jamar Chase in the regular season, played three fewer games, although Chase only played you know a series or two in that week 18 game. But Higgins was targeted pretty much about the same amount of times per game, I think actually slightly more than Jamar Chase. So I think that's going to be a guy that Burrow looks to find here in this game. So I like him over receptions. I like Samaje Pirine over receptions as well. Uh, he's at one and a half even money on the over there out of DraftKings. I just feel like Samaje Pirine's a guy that, you know, maybe they try to utilize a little bit more. These two coaches are very, very familiar with each other. So I think the Bengals have to throw in some wrinkles here and maybe Pirine ends up being that guy where they kind of get mixing off the field or go with a two back set or something like that. So I think P Ryan over one and a half, especially getting even money is not a bad look in the reception game. I love it. I was thinking about his receiving yardage uh, because it's low. I think it's, you know, I think it's like uh, maybe 11 or so. I'll double check that. But um, I was looking at P Ryan yardage and Mixon receiving yardage. Now I know the Mixon line has kind of gone up over the past uh, couple of weeks, like in the first week of the playoffs, when I played it, it was at like 21, and he went over that, and then the book started to rise up on the receiving yardage for uh, Joe Mixon. Yeah, Samaje Piran, oh, get this, over eight and a half receiving yards. How do we not play that? Yeah, and that's one of those things, too. You know, you talk about props, and you talk about kind of putting together your portfolio and all of that. If you, like me, believe that Piran gets at least two catches in this game, then you pretty much have to auto bet over eight and a half because he's either going to lose both of them or win both yeah. of them. I think I really don't see a scenario where he kind of splits them down the middle. So because I think P Ryan's a little bit bigger of a factor here than his receptions prop would suggest, then yeah, over eight and a half is absolutely something to pair with that. I'm very high at him on Odell Beckham jr. Uh, his total is at 63 and a half. And I think he eclipses this. And if you look at the, prop for his receptions at five and a half and then look at his prop for the yardage it's about 11 yards per reception a little more than that this is a guy that averages close to 13 yards a per uh per catch this season and playoffs it's like 12.4 12.6 so if he gets the five or six catches that his prop is indicating and he gets his average he's going over this number for sure well, and I think something else to think about here, too, is that in the playoffs specifically, Sean McVay has put it on the shoulders of Matt Stafford. You know, he has not trusted his running game, and obviously we've seen the reasons why. At the tail end of the regular season, it was a lot of Sony Michelle, and I don't know if maybe that's because Stafford was nursing some sort of injury or something like that, but all of a sudden in the playoffs, the script has flipped where they've thrown a lot in the first half of games, and I think Sean McVay has to be looking at this with the two weeks of prep and saying, you know what? We have to throw the football to be effective because we can't run it. We can't run it on first down. We don't run it efficiently pretty much overall. So if you think that that's the way they're going to approach this game, then Beckham should be a big part of the game plan, especially with the Bengals paying so much attention to Cooper Cup. Yeah. And uh, he might be on my short list of long shot MVP bets. Uh, we will get into some MVP bets. Plus, Adam will get your take on the line for this game and the total for this game. So hang on. We'll get to that coming up next, okay? 
All right, sounds good. There, he's Adam Burke. You follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. You read his work, vsin.com, in the betting guide and in Point Spread Weekly as well. I'm Scott Seidenberg. It's The Look Ahead here on vsin. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Turn around your local teams, Bet Rivers has you covered. Bet Rivers has launched a series of city casts designed to tackle sports betting from the local perspective. There are city casts in Chicago, Denver, Detroit, LA, New York, Philadelphia, Pittsburgh, and now Washington, D.C. Subscribe to your local city cast wherever you get your podcasts. Scott Sadenberg back here with you. It is the look ahead here on VSIN, the sports betting network, rejoined by our sports betting analyst, Adam Burke. You follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. You read him in Point Spread Weekly, in our betting guides, and of course at vsin.com. And uh, you wrote something in Point Spread Weekly, Adam, about the Super Bowl MVPs. When it comes to the Cincinnati Bengals, I've been telling people, because there are a lot of people out there that are sprinkling some on. Evan McPherson, the kicker, which is hilarious, uh, and some other players, save your money. There's no way that the Bengals win this game and Joe Burrow is not the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, I completely agree with you, Scott. And as you said, I wrote about that in Point Spread Weekly. 15 of the last 25 to win the MVP are quarterbacks, 9 of the last 12. The only non-quarterback offensive player to win the MVP in the last 12 Super Bowls was Julian Edelman, and that was in that 13-3 to slop fest between the Patriots and the Rams a few years ago. The other two were defensive players, and, and we've had chances you know, to get running backs or wide receivers. By the way, a running back hasn't won since Terrell Davis all the way back in 1998, so mm. the running backs don't have a chance in this game, but going forward, it's still going to be very hard for a running back to win this thing, but look, if the Bengals win, it It virtually has to be Joe Burrow. I could see a path where if the Rams win, it's somebody other than Matt Stafford, mm-hmm. but that would take something really special, whether it comes on the defensive side or like Cooper Cup has like 18 catches for 200 yards and you pretty much have to give it to him. <laughs> I, I 
I don't go any further down than the quarterbacks in, in this Super Bowl or really any upcoming Super Bowl. Yeah, and and speaking of running backs that should have won, uh, when Peyton Manning was a Super Bowl MVP, you could have argued that Joseph Adai and Dominic Rhodes could have been the MVPs of that game, and Peyton Manning wins the MVP. Tom Brady, uh, I talked to you about it during the break, Super Bowl 36. He wins his first Super Bowl MVP, throwing for only 145 yards. So unless Joe Burrow has... 110 passing yards and three interceptions, which probably means they lose the game. (laughs) He's going to win the MVP as long as the Bengals win. You mentioned you could see a path for somebody other than Matthew Stafford on the Rams. Who would those players be outside of maybe Cooper Cup if he does have, you know, like a record 15 catch type of game? Well, I think it would have to be a defensive player because to me, if the Rams are going to win the Super Bowl, it's going to be because Matthew Stafford spread the ball around. It'll be Cooper Cup. It'll be Odell Beckham. It, it could be Van Jefferson. Who knows? It could be one of the running backs. Maybe Tyler Higby has a big game. By the way, a tight end has never won the Super Bowl MVP. Um, it would have to be a defensive player. And the thing of it is, when you look at the past winners here, at least the recent ones, you know, we're talking about Von Miller was 22 to 1. You know, were talking Malcolm Smith was 20 to 1. I think the price is just too short on Aaron Donald to take a shot with him mm. at 16 to one. I think you've got to go a little bit further down the board here. And I, I think it's very hard to see a path for any of those guys. Look, if Jalen Ramsey completely shuts down Jamar chase has maybe two picks, maybe a pick six, something like that. Jalen Ramsey's probably the one I see the best path for, but uh, look for me, it, it'll be, I'll bet Joe Burrow as a way to bet the Bengals money line, essentially. Yep. And I may just bet Matthew Stafford on principle. What about, I'm going to have a flyer on Leonard Floyd. And uh, I'm obviously shopping around to get the best price. I've seen him at 150 to 1. And the reason why I like Leonard Floyd so much is because everyone's talking about Aaron Donald and Von Miller and the stats that they could get in order to be the Super Bowl MVP. You know, three sacks or two sacks, a strip sack, maybe a scoop and score, something like that. Well, can't Leonard Floyd get those same exact numbers, especially when all of the focus on the Bengals protection scheme is going to be on those other two guys? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you think about it, you know, you're going to probably have the tight end on the help side of Von Miller. You know, you're probably going to try to put two interior linemen on Aaron Donald if you can. So somebody's going to be free. And the guy who's probably going to be free is Leonard Floyd, a guy who's obviously had a very, very productive career. He had nine and a half sacks this year. He's a guy that, you know, maybe he even sometimes kind of drops back in coverage, sort of drops out. Maybe he gets a cheap interception. Yeah, something jumps like up that. and tips the ball at the line of scrimmage and then catches it himself, you know, something like that. Like, uh, you know, where it's like a screen pass, but he just gets in the way. Like, we've seen that happen before. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we, we saw that happen to Patrick Mahomes. We've yes. seen that happen to all kinds of different people. It's very much a possibility here. So, yeah, I mean, I, I think if you're going to take a shot on a pass rusher type of guy, Leonard Floyd, I mean, not only from the upside that he has, but also from the price. You know, I could, I've made far worse 150 to 1 bets (laughs) than Leonard Floyd to win the MVP. Uh, All right. So, how do you think now this game is going to play out in terms of the total? Let's talk about the total first. Do you like over or under 48 and a half? So. My small lean here is to the over, and it's for the reason I mentioned earlier that I think Sean McVay realizes that he has to throw to win. I think he knows that his running game is very, very ineffective, knows that he can't really trust Cam Akers. And even though Sony Michelle was his bell cow late in the regular season, 
Akers comes back and Sony Michelle is like on the back of a milk cart. Mm-hmm. He's just nowhere to be found. So I think that Sean McVay realizes it's Matthew Stafford's offense here. And obviously we know for the Bengals, it's Joe Burrow's offense and Burrow can throw this team back into the game in the second half. If he needs to, there are two things that concern me. And the reason why I probably won't bet the total, but I just have that lean towards the over. The first is we know Super Bowls historically start very, very slow. There's a lot of nerves, a lot of jitters, you know, that you don't want to lose the game in the first quarter. So it starts out very slow. The second thing is the Rams are minus four and a half, right? So the implication is the expectation I should say is that they'll be leading in the second half of this game. And Sean McVay is like watching paint dry when he has a lead in the second (laughs) half. Very, very, very conservative. So if I'm chasing this total in the second half, I'm chasing the over. I'm worried about the idea that the Rams may have the lead. So probably won't play the total, but my lean would be to the over. And how about the side here? Four and a half. Are you uh, playing either way? You mentioned Joe Burrow is going to be your way of playing Bengals money line, which I absolutely love because you're getting more value on Joe Burrow winning the MVP than the plus 170 currently on the Bengals money line. But what's your take on the uh, side here? So I'm a believer in the Bengals. I'm a believer in Lou Anarumo and the adjustments that he's made in the second half throughout the season. Remember the Bengals 25th in points allowed per game in the first half, third in points allowed per game in the second half. So even if they are chasing this game a little bit, if they are trailing at halftime, something like that, I have a lot of confidence in them to figure things out. And as I mentioned, Sean McVay gets ultra conservative to the point where I think that would allow the Bengals back into the game, possibly into the back door in the fourth quarter of this one, if they are trailing. So I do like Bengals plus four and a half. I understand that Joe Burrow will be under duress as he always is, but he's pretty darn good in that situation. It has not phased him at all this season. I think the Bengals skill position guys are much better than anyone gives them credit for. Uh, I, I think the Bengals plus four and a half is the side here. And uh, like I said, I'll, I'll use a Burrow MVP bet as, as my way of kind of sprinkling the money line there. I'm sure you read in Point Spread Weekly and then our Super Bowl betting guide the teaser numbers and how successful the six-point teaser has been in the Super Bowl. Would you consider Bengals plus six and a half and an over 42 and a half? So I don't tease totals. Just okay. as a general rule, I, I don't tease the total because look, I mean, you know, a six point teaser on a side gives you a, a bunch of possible key numbers and all that. A six point teaser on the total is, you know, one touchdown, you know, so it could just be one of those things where those points don't even wind up mattering for you. So I don't tease totals in any sport and, and I won't do it here in the Super Bowl either. All right. Uh, you asked me during uh, the break, so I'll ask you, will you be awake <laughs> at 510 this morning to watch Team USA take on Red Star Kunlun, and that is the the Chinese national team for uh, hockey. You know, I'm certainly thinking about it. I actually kind of like the over six a little bit because I think the U.S. has a ton of speed and skill. And this Chinese team, uh, you know, in name only, really, I think they've got uh, 11 Canadians, four Americans, nine Chinese players. They're kind of sort of all over the globe here, but they do play together. And, And I think it's very tough in a tournament like this to gel very quickly. And we've seen we've seen very low scoring games here so far uh, with the men's Olympic hockey games that have been played. But I think the U.S. team is so fast, so skilled, young legs, a lot of talent. And this has been a hallmark of the U.S. program here of late. And again, China having played together, kind of like the over six a little bit in that one. I don't know if I'll crawl out of bed for it, but I can tell you that after the big game betting and beers event over at South Point, I will be coming home on Friday night to watch that U.S. Canada game at eight ten Pacific. Oh, and are we taking USA on the money line? Oh, uh, you know what? I yeah. 
Yeah, I think let's I would do it. Lean that way. Yeah. <laughs> Adam, appreciate the time. Uh, maybe I'll see you over there at the South Point on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good, Scott. There he is. Adam Burke, our sports betting analyst. You read him in vcin.com, Point Spread Weekly, our, all of our betting guides, and follow him on Twitter at Skating Tripods. You can follow me on Twitter at Scott's On Air. It's S-C-O-T-T-S-O-N-A-I-R. We will continue to break down everything that is involved in this upcoming Super Bowl. So figure it out. Props, sides, totals. We're going to have it all. Right here on Visa, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare